0: Welcome back to the Playmakers Corner Podcast. I'm your host, Cody Stauffer, and this week we are on Requests Part 16, believe it or not. And we're going to intermingle some out-of-state and some in-state players, just as you may have suspected from Simon's episode on Monday. Once again, if you haven't listened to that, that is Requests Part 15. And then we have more content coming out for you guys. But I'm going to start off today with Corey Quinn, the foot seven, hundred and fifty pounds slot receiver, out of Federal Way High School, which is located in Washington. And he currently has an offer to the University of Ottawa or Ottawa University, the same place where Owen Bussetti is actually committed to play. And if you haven't heard the Owen Bussetti episode, that is Request Part 12. So I'm actually gonna start off with Corey Quinn. You know, I'm gonna start off with him because he had the least amount of film, and that's where I'll probably start talking about areas of improvement or you know, some red flags for me, looking at Corey's film, you know, he, like I said, doesn't have a lot of film. It's really hard to find his stats and his stats aren't exactly eye popping. I also think that, you know, as far as bringing it back to the football field and well, actually I'll stick with first impressions. Once again, you know, obviously the not extensive highlight reel is a bit of a concern and it doesn't seem like it's the most playing time. And also at 5'7", 150 pounds, that is a really tough sale to any university, really. That's a really small frame, and, you know, it leaves a lot to be desired as far as, you know, looking for a, a more physical guy that you might be, that might be a little bit more durable and stuff like that. Talking about the football field, though, based off of what I could see, it seems like there are definitely some things that Quinn can work on here, such as, you know, His catch in traffic doesn't appear to be the best, I'd say. He gets really nervous heading into traffic or with physical presence on him a bit more. And so I I couldn't count on him to make those physical tough catches necessarily. And that's not his game, and I'll talk about what is his game. But, you know, that is something to keep in mind when evaluating prospects is what they can't do, right? And Corey Quinn is just really not a physical receiver. You could probably attribute that a little bit to his frame but he just doesn't seem like a very physical football player unlike somebody who we will be talking about later on this episode <laughs> i also want to mention that corey only ran like three routes basically is like a smoke screen a seam route and occasionally a corner route which the corner routes were really good but you know they're not like i say like the smoke screen and the seam route are some of the more simplistic routes to run i'd say out of an entire route tree and for him to only basically make plays off of those is not like, you know, it's nothing crazy, I'd say, or like mid screens. So, you know, it doesn't, it's not eye popping to say the least. And obviously, you know, if you've listened to our top, you know, class of 2021 receivers list here in Colorado, that we value versatility. And Corey just doesn't show a whole bunch of that being that, You know he plays primarily in the slot he doesn't run a lot of routes and you know he doesn't line up outside for you know because there's going to be mismatches in the slot against you know either cornerbacks that are further down the depth chart linebackers or safeties that are typically bit slower than cornerbacks so that's something to keep in mind and then also there wasn't a whole bunch of cornerback film he basically just played like a cover three zone so I don't know what his versatility looks like on the defensive end of the ball. I also think that Corey can work on his explosiveness in and out of cuts. You can tell anytime that he changed direction that he lost significant amounts of speed and it took him a second to build back up to his speed, which I'll talk about here in a second. But yeah, there's, there's a lot of things to work on. I think a lot of them can be addressed in the weight room as far as working on explosiveness, whether you're doing like power cleans or hand cleans. And at the same time, you know, lifting and eating right will help bulk you up a little bit more for that next level and help you at least want to compete physically, if that makes sense. But with all those things being said, I will talk about Corey Quinn's strengths. And the reason that, you know, he's getting looks from that next level is he has insane top end speed. You know, once he does get running and, you know, once if it's a straight line dash, it's virtually impossible to catch him and on top of that he he's able to obtain the speed this speed with a really good release i think that he does a great job of not really taking false steps too often and he's fired straight out of a cannon there's times where i like i almost thought it was false start because he literally just gets off the ball so fast and so obviously you know against linebackers that's just going to be a touchdown every single time I also think that he has really good field awareness and he minds the boundaries really well. He makes a couple of really tough sideline or corner of the end zone catches, and that definitely blows me away quite a bit. In a couple of looks, you get to see Corey operate out of the backfield as more of a wildcat quarterback, and I think that he shows very solid vision in the backfield as far as finding the lane, and he has an arm to where. As a defense, you kind of have to respect the deep ball. He does have like a 40-yard touchdown pass to his name. So, you know, he can air it out, and he has some pretty good velocity on the ball. And he's not a quarterback, but I'm just saying that you have that versatility as an offensive weapon kind of guy. So those are those are all things that I think he does well. And I think talking about outlook, you know, his speed obviously is the most appealing part of his game and his release, and I think that, you know, there's room for a Corey Quinn in your offense you know where you have that quick hitter kind of guy you have that home run opportunity where you know that wide receiver can take this screen 80 yards at the house you know this wide receiver I think that he could potentially even help out on special teams especially you know as a returner I think there's a lot of potential there and you know you can't ignore the speed is basically what it comes down to and so I think but I think with the frame and Kind of how raw of a football player that he is. Corey Quinn is definitely a maximum of a D2 talent, I'd say, at this point in time. And NAIA, I think, is a very good fit, if I gotta be completely honest. He reminds me a little bit of uh Jack Pops Popacil here in Colorado, you know, and Jack, he was the number one D2 guy in the entire country, according to 24/7. So, you know, there's opportunities there. And I think that there's a chance to be a playmaker at that next level, but probably no higher than D2 or NAIA level. But obviously I wish Corey the best. I appreciate the request sent in for Corey. So I just want to appreciate EJ Graham 7 on our Jonah Coleman TikTok, which if you haven't listened to that episode, that is a Simon Request episode from Out of State Week. Go ahead and give that a listen. But thank you for the request on TikTok. And, you know, hey, if you're not already doing it, follow Playmakers Corner on TikTok. But that does it for Corey Quinn. Obviously, we wish him nothing but the best. And coming up next, we're going to go back into Colorado for the rest of this episode and talk about a lineman that Mason Austin scouted. Coming up next. talking about these next few players back here in Colorado, talking about class of 2021 requests. I'm your host, Cody Stoffer, and we have Carlos Gallardo out of Arapo High School or maybe Gallardo. If I'm saying it wrong, Carlos, just let me know. But I'll stick with Carlos because I think I know how to say that. But he's a tackle at six foot three, 275 pounds. And Mason actually helped scout this guy. So thank you, Mason Austin, for your input on the scouting report. And I'm going to reference Mason quite a bit on this episode. And, you know, shout out to AHS, huh? You know, that is uh, Mason and I's alma mater as far as high school. But we will start with negatives because there's really not that many about Carlos here. According to Mason, you know, he has a little bit of trouble with the speedier pass rushers. And I could see that at times where, you know, they kind of can beat him off the ball and his backpedal isn't quite fast enough, you know, and that's just something that's going to be a problem at any level with really fast pass rushers. So don't feel too bad about that, Carlos, if I'm being completely honest with you. In addition, I think that and Mason seems to agree that getting to the second level is not there's not as much intensity there as there could be unless he's on a pulling block. When he's on a pulling block, he does lay some wood, but, you know, there I definitely think that more intensity needs to be brought on going to the second level from, you know, the strong side or whatever side he is lead blocking on. That's not a pull. So I think that that's maybe just like, maybe burst could be something to work on for Carlos here or like a first step, you know, engaging in that whole lower body and really exploding off the ball for sure. And that could also help with backpedaling, just working on that explosiveness. Also, Mason, noted here that his hands can get a little bit outside when he's making a block outside of his stance so you know whether he has to stay a bit more square for those blocks or you know just staying a bit more disciplined keeping those hands inside because those will get called significantly more at the next level but talk about things that carlos does really well here you know he has a great first step out of his stance and blocks to the whistle so you know, against those speedier pass rushers or going second level is one thing. But, you know, if it's heads up against a defensive lineman or, you know, obviously pulling, he's there for it and he's going to make a play and he's going to end up on a highlight reel. And, well, some poor defensive lineman ended up on his highlight reel quite a few times. He does amass pancakes like, you know, it's an international house of pancakes, really, like IHOP. And, um, you know, I part of that start, the beginning of that, I should say, starts at that first step and getting off the ball obviously you know Mason and I both like six foot three 275 pounds that's excellent prototypical size really and next level size for a tackle and you know carlos he's not afraid to get really physical and you know not afraid to work in those trenches and finish those blocks really you know and lay some wood that's like i said you know he he serves pancakes like ihop you know and he's he's there to play football. And if that's not apparent to you, well, you're going to end up on your butt. Um, I think that, and Mason also put here, that the footwork is very solid and he doesn't lunge for blocks. And I noticed that during his highlight reel that he has a very good center of balance, I'd say. And, you know, he's very disciplined whenever he's blocking as far as you know, not reaching for any blocks and staying square to his body and staying square to the defender and laying a lick. So Mason also really likes, you know, coming from a former offensive lineman in Mason, that he gets he said, quote, you could see he watches film and knows where to be when pull blocking in, quote. And maybe that's where like the comfort comes heading to that second level on a pole because it's like, all right, this is their defense. You ID them before the play and this is where you're going to end up and this is the angle that you have to take there. And, you know, obviously that shows a testament to the instincts and being able to follow through on a game plan and things like that. But, you know, most impressively, it does show, you know, a passion for the game and an IQ for the game and an understanding for the game that you look for in those players that are coming up in the ranks. Absolutely. And... Mason also really likes Carlos's pass blocking. He thinks that he does a great job of keeping his head on a swivel at the bare minimum and looking around for whoever he does needs to block. And this, once again, goes hand in hand with, you know, watching film, knowing where the blitz may be coming from and how to handle that as a pass blocker. And so considering all these strengths and considering all these areas of improvement that I think are very, I won't say easy to fix, but very possible to fix, right? I think that this puts Carlos in a really good spot if I'm going to be completely honest with you. I couldn't find anything on his recruiting status, but I would believe that Carlos has potential at a D1 offer if I got to be completely honest. But I do think that Carlos here can be a very intriguing prospect for, you know, an FCS school that's willing to develop him and, you know, work on his speed a little bit, I'd say, and, you know, maybe even get him a little bit bigger and stronger, but I think bare minimum he's a D two talent. I gotta be really honest with you. I really liked what I saw, and you know Mason's scouting report sums it up that you know he does a lot of things that you ask out of an offensive lineman, and he shows good brains too, and has a good size for it. So honestly, I think that the sky could be the limit. You know, I think that there's potential that he can reach you know that three hundred pound kind of weight by like a junior or senior year. And, you know, you give him a red shirt and you give him that time to adapt to school. And I I really do think that Carlos could go far in the game of football. Now, I don't know what the story is right now or what's going on, but I, I really liked what I saw in the film. And I really like, you know, kind of his versatility. And he's an all-in-one kind of lineman, so... But that does it for Carlos. Once again, thank you, Mason Austin, for the scouting report on this guy. Coming up is another guy that Mason helped out with a scouting report on and a West Texas A&M commit coming up next. Hello, y'all, and welcome back to the Playmakers Corner podcast. I'm your host, Cody Stoffer. And we are going to be talking about Gunner Truby, the middle linebacker, 6'1", 210 pounds, out of Conifer High School, who is also a West Texas A&M commit. And once again, big shout-out to Mason Austin, who helped fill out this scouting report on Gunner. So I'm going to talk about his positives first, starting off with he has a good first downhill step, according to Mason, you know. And I'd also have to agree that he also has good timing while in zone coverage. You could tell that, you know, He's, he's able to read the quarterback's eyes, and Mason also wrote this down, which allows him to flow with the play. Especially, you know, if the quarterback gets out of the pocket, Gunner is able to follow those receivers that are on the run with him and make a play and hit them before you know they have a chance to secure the ball and knock the ball loose, or you know, just take a receiver completely out of the play just with his physical frame and you know, a receiver not really being able to move around him super well. He can also close the distance on quarterbacks who are trying to scramble and he knocks out lead blockers. Like oh, he just disintegrates them, really, if he gets a full head of steam heading at him. You know, Mason also put here that he's not afraid to lay the wood. And I will absolutely agree. I do think that, you know, Gunnar Truby's best quality is how physical of a football player he is. Man, he is just so violent. He's like a wrecking ball out there on the football field. You know, once again, I'm going to bring it up every single time that I possibly can. you know, Coach Booten over there at Trinity International, shout out to Coach Booten over there, by the way. You know, he's talked about, you know, you could teach football players technique. You could teach them fundamentals, but you can't teach someone who loves to hit. They just love to hit. Gunnar Truby is exactly that. Every single play, he's looking for contact. He doesn't care if you do or don't have the ball. He'll try and knock you on your butt. And, you know, he has the means to do that. You know, at six foot one, 210, that's a great frame and a great size, I think. And he shows incredible strength through that. You know, I think that he has great leg power for pushing through other players. You know, I think he has very strong arms for once again pushing through other players. And, you know, he's just a very powerful linebacker who plays very strong and very physical. And for that, you know, I automatically would want him on my squad. And, you know, I think that with how physical he plays, there's plenty of opportunities for him not only at the linebacker position but also on special teams, and he shows it time and time again. There's one play where he just completely bulldozes two blockers on a kick return, or I should say a kick off. And, you know, he's opening up lanes and he's opening up other opportunities for other players to make a play even if he doesn't get the chance to make that play, you know. Any blocker who engages him on his film probably ends up on their butt. And, you know, once he gets to the quarterback or the running back, they're going down, you know, because he's just so dang strong, so dang strong. And, uh, you know, he's definitely built pretty different for a linebacker out here in Colorado. (laughs) Talking a little bit less about what he brings physicality wise, but talking a little bit more about, you know, some linebacker stuff and some fundamentals. He does have some really good instincts, I'd say. And, you know, he makes pretty good decisions as far as being able to move pretty well side to side and making plays in both the pass and run game. And something that caught my eye, you know, Mason talked about his instincts, and I think that proof of that, as well as his football IQ, and as well as watching film, is he times blitzes very well. I talked about this in the Hunter Warren episode a little bit. You know, that was request Part 14 that came out just a week ago. And, you know, Gunner can go, he can slice through the line like a hot knife through butter. You know, he times it. He catches on to the cadence of the quarterback and he just cuts right through it. And, you know, it's really impressive to watch. And I'm consistently blown away at players that just have great timing. He'll meet the running back, you know, two yards behind the line of scrimmage because of how well he times his blitz. And, you know, he comes in with a full head of steam. And I can tell that some of these linemen are scared. They are scared of Gunner Truby. And once you make other football players scared, you've ruined an entire other team. So obviously, I think that, you know, that's something to consider. And I think that's why he was such a highly toted linebacker coming out of Colorado's because, you know, with his, with his strength and physicality circling back to that because it really does impact other parts of his game. And, you know, his IQ and his movement really in general, you know, his ability to pick up speed very quickly. He has good burst, I think. And, but all of that wrapped into one. And the ability to instill fear into offensive players, especially offensive linemen, you know, those 300-pound-plus fellows, like, you know, your Carloses of the world that I just talked about. Like, you can't, you can't quantify how important that is to, you know, you as a football team and the schemes that you want to run and the ways that you want to win football games. You cannot quantify how much fear, fear, helps out with your defensive game plan. And so obviously as a defensive coordinator, I would love to have Gunnar Truby on my football team. And, you know, I think that he could be super dominant and I think he will dominate at uh, West Texas A&M. But I will start to talk about some areas of improvement, you know, and a lot of these are fundamental things, which according to Coach Booten, isn't exactly the worst thing to have to work on. So, you know, I'm going to have to, Mason pointed it out. It's the first thing he wrote down. Tackles high, but solid. But I will say that almost every time he tackles, he tackles so high. Like, bro, you know how much more pain you can inflict to someone if you hit them with your physicality right in their stomach and knock the wind out of them? Like, quit tackling at the chest. You know, quit going for Randy Orton kind of takedowns. That's inefficient. And there are some running backs on the next level that will sit you down instead if you try and tackle him high. So definitely work on that before you get over to West Texas. You know, other times I will agree with Mason here that he over-pursues pretty hard, especially if the runner has a cutback lane. So, you know, he'll find himself stuck in traffic quite a bit, I'd say, as well. And Mason also pointed out that he doesn't have a lot of pass rush moves, and he relies a lot on power rushing. And I will repeat that I do think not only in pass rush moves but in block shedding he needs to develop some more moves and you know work on getting extension and work on tossing players to the left or tossing players to the right and you know using vision to see into the backfield where the play is going and you know using his arms a lot more in block shedding in the run game to make some more plays because i do think that there's a lot of tackles that he'll make you know 1 to 3 yards into a play that I think he has the potential or capability to make in the backfield. And I think that that starts with engaging blocks better and working on block shedding moves and developing a few more moves, you know, both in the pass and running game to help him get off of linemen because he just gets caught up in muck pretty hard sometimes. And, you know, part of that, I think, has to do with, you know, he over pursues a little bit. So working on some body control for sure. And also his footwork, you know, as far as being able to transition left to right very well and getting through that muck just a little bit easier. So, you know, work on, I'd say, body control and balance from your feet up, you know, cause you work on your footwork and you develop that and you're able to move a lot more and kind of weave in between, you know, these blocks. And then you bring that balance up to your core where you don't, you know, you could turn a little bit easier on a dime and then bring it to your arms, right? Where you have that power and you have that balance all the way up into your arms and you can move those linemen a lot better. So, you know, everything is a full-body workout, obviously, and is a full-body experience. So just focus on the ground up is something that I recommend to a lot of younger players. Talking a little bit more about, you know, his his pass coverage, I will nitpick here just a little bit. He doesn't play man-to-man ever, so it does make me question what his top-end speed might be. And he only played like a middle zone, so I didn't really get to see him play in the flats. I didn't really get to see him drop back into a corner or try and play against some of these slot receivers, right, that I say have mismatches against linebackers in the slot. So, you know, I definitely think that he makes plays in the passing game and he has good instincts that help him and he reads quarterback eyes, but I do think that there are quite a few limitations to him as a pass defender, and one of them for sure is that He stands straight up when he backpedals, and that'll take you out of the play if you just stand up way too tall. So I'd say at the end of the day for Gunner here, heading into West Texas and the number one thing that this coaching staff needs to work on and that Truby here needs to work on, you know, developing and fixing and getting ready for college ball is work on your leverage, bro. I talk about it all the time leverage 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 is literally important for everything that you do in life and it is it's one of the most important things in the game of football absolutely and so you need to work on playing lower whether you're coming up to make a tackle whether you're backpedaling you know you lose a lot of speed sending straight up and just staying low when you engage in blocks too you know and that comes with body control obviously so Work on your leverage, holy cow, and you will be such a better football player. It's actually insane the amount of growth that you could potentially witness just be being a lower football player. So talking about outlook here with Gunner, keeping in mind those areas of improvement and keeping in mind those stellar strengths that he has. I think West Texas A&M is a great fit, I do think that he's right in that D2 level of talent because I do think that he is still pretty raw in a lot of body control kind of ways. But I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, he doesn't make it into some sort of semi pro setting, if I'm going to be a thousand percent honest with you, just on his physicality alone, especially if he gets a little bit bigger and if he gets a little bit faster. I think that, you know, he could be potentially a CFL kind of guy or maybe even a xfl kind of guy if it's around by the time that you know he's ready to graduate and potentially play football i think that he could play in some european football leagues that are going on over there you know on the low but there are opportunities for gunner to be a football player in the future because that raw physicality is just unparalleled on a lot of players that we've watched film on so you know once again wish gunner the best of luck i do think that you know, he could probably use a red shirt year to work on body control and, you know, just get bigger and stronger like we recommend to most players. However, I wouldn't be surprised if he does get snaps on special teams as a true freshman. But I do think as a linebacker, you're looking at one to maybe two or three years as a starter, depending on what their depth chart looks like just because of the physicality. But I do think that he does have a chance to be a four year contributor and a rotational guy, especially on run plays or you know primarily run downs where he gets to play a lot more downhill or if there's blitzing opportunities there those are probably his best chance to get onto the field early and then you know if he develops his body control a little bit more and becomes a lot stronger and faster in the pass game then it'll be hard for gunner truby to ever miss a defensive snap you know as far as ever leaving the field so wish gunner the absolute best of luck thank you to our followers on TikTok, on specifically the Shane Bishop TikTok for requesting Gunner here. And I talked about him at linebacker. He did play, you know, tight end quarterback DN quite a bit. But I talked about linebacker because that is what he has been recruited to play at Texas A&M. And I would agree that that is easily his strongest position. But wrapping, wrapping us up here, coming up next, we have the Vista Peak running back, Jadaris Carr, who is a pretty a three-star Princeton commit, coming up next. Hello, y'all, and welcome back to the last segment of Playmaker's Corner Request, part 16. And I'm bringing us home here with Jadaris Carr out of Peak High School, the three-star Princeton commit, standing in at five eleven, weighing in at 190 pounds with a 4.1 GPA as of his, you know, junior year highlight to be specific. But anyways, I'll talk about some areas of improvement here for Jadaris, and then I'm going to jump into the positives because he really has a lot to like, and I think he's going to be an excellent D1 running back. So, you know, I think that... As far as areas of improvement goes, you know, there's one thing that he can't really control. I wish that I saw more under center handoffs, you know, and him kind of showing that same those same abilities from under center as he did in shotgun, you know, just to see a variety of looks. But he did take handoffs from, you know, that slot receiver position as well as the tailback position in shotgun. So, you know, there was still versatility even in a less versatile environment i'd say additionally i also do think that sometimes jadaris here he can give away or tip off what ball carrier move he's going to do with his head and his arms specifically just with the way that he starts to swing them to prepare for a move or the way that he starts to jerk his head a little bit for a move you can kind of predict what he's going to do but that is just so specific and you know as a linebacker preparing for jadaris you're gonna have to watch a lot of film in order to take advantage of those very minor ticks i'd say so you know i'm definitely nitpicking here just a little bit and you know the the more that i watch it the more i realize that i'm talking about pass catching just a little bit more than i am talking about his running really because there's a lot to like about his running and there's some things to like about his passing but we'll get there in a second i do think that you know, continue continuing to work on his hands or, you know, if he did work on his hands this past off season, and we're going to see some improved hands this spring, I think that would be huge because there's definitely some bobbling or, you know, catching with his body a pretty considerable amount, you know, out here or out in that junior season that he had where, you know, you want you want him to catch with his hands and be a little bit more comfortable. You could tell that was still kind of warming up, I'd say, to the idea of catching the ball or taking on a bigger pass-catching role. And he still managed to excel really well. But I do think that, you know, he could still work on his hands, just like, I'd say, like, tennis ball drills, really. Those are incredible hand drills to have. And also, I think that whenever he caught the football and started to run with it, he didn't run as hard as he would whenever... He was running out of the backfield, you know, where he runs with a lot of authority out of the backfield. I just want to tell Jadaris, run with that same authority, that same power, that same swagger. You know, whenever you catch the ball too, you know, if it's if it's a screen or a seam route, you know, catch that and then take off. Use that same burst, use that same acceleration, use that same power, you know, when also pass catching, I think is something to consider. And I think that's something that could make you an insane incredible football player more so than you already are but now that I'm done nitpicking here a little bit I'm going to just talk about you know some things that Jadaris does really well but I think I'm going to start off with you know his stats from his junior year where rushing you know he tallied 126 carries for 1455 yards and 23 TDs so you know that really put him on the map, and it got the attention of everybody. He had a long of 84 yards and averaged 11.5 per carry. That's wild. It really is. And When you think about it, the actually, his average yards per touch, if you include his receiving totals at 19.6, puts him basically in that 14 to 15 yards per every time he touched the dang football. And that's up there with the best in the state. It really is up there with the best in the state. You know, with your Jack Poppacils, you know, it's up there with your Q Jones. It's up there, you know, with a lot of different cats. You know, he tacked on another 510 yards at the receiver position and almost reached, you know, 2,000 yards on just offense alone. And another four TDs. So 27 TDs, almost 2,000 yards. And I bet if he have a full length st- length to season coming up here he'd be a threat to pass 2000 all all-purpose scrimmage yards really I do think that he could do that you know just on the offensive side of the ball and you know he, he just opens up so many different possibilities for you because even though he's not like the most refined pass catcher something that really took me off guard a little bit is he has a really good a really good slot receiver stance and get off. He doesn't take a false step whenever, you know, starting into routes. And, you know, he has the correct foot forward always. And, you know, that's something that you don't see out of a lot of wide receivers who are actually just wide receivers. But he's, I'd say he's more of a running back first, who's also mastering, you know, I'd say the fundamentals and the technique part of being a wide receiver. And then he's going to refine those actual receiver skills catching the ball running with the ball things like that so I think that he's actually you know he's doing it correctly in the sense that he's mastering the first steps of being a receiver and I think that you know he's he's somebody I would trust to put out at receiver like he's I think his junior year he was just getting a little bit more comfortable with it but I do think that he's going to you know he's going to look very comfortable and he's going to probably play way more aggressive. I'd say at the receiver position, I wouldn't be surprised in the slightest if that's exactly what happened this spring season, where he comes out and he's doing way more aggressive catches winning some jump ball situations, you know, getting more yak, you know, yards after catch and getting a couple more pass plays called to him. Because really, if you're Vista peak, you want to have the football in this guy's hands every single play because his center of gravity and his balance is up there with the best in the state. His footwork is up there with the best in the state. His burst, oh my gosh, I do think that I do think his acceleration or burst might be his best quality because you know, he he just needs a sliver of daylight and he has a chance to take that play to the house. He really just can kick it into 6th and even 7th gear that fast and i'm really blown away by that you know just how quickly and how hard he can stick his foot in the dirt and turn up field really and you know he's able to do that obviously with his footwork you know he he's able to change direction really swift and he's able to have you know these great cuts these great jukes and he's able to get lower than a lot of guys and bring himself closer to the ground and stiff arm them or you know give them a little truck and send them flying really and you know he just It's like a homing missile but from the running back perspective where it's like oh you're gonna try and take me down (laughs) all right you're on the ground i'm on my way to the house all right so i also think that he has very very good patience and excellent ball carrier vision there's quite a few plays where you know they have pulling guards pulling tackles you know kind of like full-on pulls or you know one or the other i should say and he does a great job at waiting for his blocker to get in front of him then getting right behind his blocker and cutting right off of his butt i mean i don't think i could be any more literal when i feel like jadaris here he just follows exactly what a lot of football coaches tell kids to do and he's very literal with the way that he's able to do it because a he has the physical tools to do literally what is being described to him right But he also, you know, he's a coachable kid is what I should say. And this should be very obvious with the 4.1 GPA that, you know, he has a big brain and he's that's why he's going to Princeton. You know, they don't allow just anyone in Princeton. So once again, congratulations for that Carr. you know, Mr. Carr going on to uh, Princeton. That's that's a big deal. So but going back to football real quick before, you know, I talk outlook too much. I still have some positives to talk about. I I just think that, you know, once, he, like I was saying, he could wait for holes to develop. And he kind of reminds me of Le'Veon Bell in the way that, you know, he'll put his hand on his guard or his tackle and f- follow them and slow play it, slow play it. Bang! There he goes for 84 yards and a touchdown. Really. I mean, it can happen in an instant. It's kind of like being struck by lightning. So, I, you know, there's a lot of things to like about Jadaris. And I guess I can transition a little bit more into Outlook at this moment in time. Jadaris is going places, right? You know, he's going to Princeton. So I am really super excited for him. And, you know, congratulations on that commitment. And, you know, I think he can go places. But as far as, you know, things that he could do it, uh, by the way, you know, he's at that five foot eleven hundred ninety pound frame, which isn't. The worst, it's actually a pretty good-sized frame for the type of ball carrier that he is. But, you know, like Simon and I have countlessly said, there's no shame in giving him a redshirt year, right? Letting him settle down. I do think that, you know, he has enough explosiveness to potentially find the field as a true freshman. But I'd personally rather give him a redshirt shirt. You know, year. I want him to get a little bit bigger, a little bit stronger. If I need to, still work on some of those pass catching skills, and just work on that power. You know, I'd like to see him probably truck guys just a little bit more because I know that he can really. So, you know, just working on getting into the weight room, and I think that if if he can, if he can run the same way at you know 5'11, 195, 200 pounds even. Why not? Throw on that extra weight, get some extra power for free, and be a little bit harder to take down. So that's kind of what I would do. But I do think that you might have a three year starter on your hands. At the bare minimum, he okay, at the bare minimum, obviously he's gonna start a year, but I could see two year starter very easily. I can see him be a two year starter at Princeton and, you know, just dominate in that Ivy league. So and we could get to see um some competitions between him and our number one rated running back here in Colorado from our class of 21 episode if you haven't listened to that I think it's like episode 15 or 16 but Q Jones who's actually going to be playing for Dartmouth so very interesting crop of uh, smart running backs here in Colorado I I never would have guessed that two of the top running backs in the state would commit to Ivy Leagues but you know education's important and Gosh darn it, if the Ivy League is good enough to recruit these guys, then maybe they got something brewing there on their football programs. So, but those are the recommendations, outlook, strengths, and areas of improvement that I have for Jadaris Carr. And thank you, Jadaris, for reaching out to us on Instagram and requesting yourself. So, I'm going to use this time to talk about, hey, athletes or friends, family of athletes, if you want to, you know, if you want to request an athlete, make sure that you give us their full name the position that they play the school that they're at and you know if possible send in their highlight reel or the link to their highlight reel so that we can do a breakdown for them we just have so many that you really got to help us out as far as you know really give us their full name and their position and what high school they go to otherwise we might not be able to find them and make sure that they have adequate film once again if you've made requests and you know, it's been a long time and you haven't gotten your thing done, maybe it's because you don't have enough film. But there's only a couple instances of that. Most people are pretty good about getting getting us the name and the high school, which are the most important parts, really, I should say. But that does it for this episode. If you haven't already, find us on TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. And Simon has actually been doing a phenomenal job at getting some of our work onto YouTube so you can start finding us there but thank you all so much for listening and we just passed a thousand TikTok followers actually as of this morning so thank you so much for the support and you know thank you for the continued support that we'll receive so I've been Cody Stoffer, and you guys have a wonderful rest of your day evening or night whenever you're listening to this peace out